Ernest the Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, Snow Kisses, Chapter 7. Cat had offered to take Abby back to see the calves, but by morning the snow had covered Painted Ridge, and he was out with his men trying to bring in the half-frozen calves and their new mothers. According to Hank, Cad was cursing Blue Street from one end of the ridge to another. Once his other gloves, Hank glowered at Calio when he paused in the hall. The familiar white tobacco tucked in his cheek. We're in a pair trying to unhook one of them damn cows from the bob wire. He guys through gloves like some men guys through fave, Calio grumbled, shooting an irritated glance at Hank for interrupting her in the middle of a lunch preparation. Only got one pair left as it is. You best remind him to tell him that. <laughs> Can't tell him a damn thing. Hank muttered, waiting uncomfortably in the hall. His wide brim hat was spotted with melted snow, and his heavy cloth coat was equally damp. He hit the ground cussing this morning, and he ain't stopped yet. I just followed order. I don't give him. He shouted out to Kelly. Is it bad out there? Molly called from then when she was busy operating Kazakhstan. Bad enough, anyway. Hope your fingers are resting, Miss Molly, because. You sure are going to do some typing when we get a tally on these new caps. As usual. <laughs> really loud. Don't worry about it, Hank. I get paid good. <laughs> we got paid what we were worth. Cat would go in the hole, I guess. The cowboy said no to no one in particular. He glanced at Abby. He was standing there quietly in her jeans and a blue turtleneck. I hear you're going to stay with us till Miss Molly's wedding. How'd you send one in? Just fine. It feels like old times for a cry. Far cry from the city, he observed. She nodded. Less traffic, she said with a hit over old humor. Thanks. Get me a horse any day, he muttered. An open country to ride him in. If God wanted the world covered in concrete, he'd have made human beings with tires. <laughs> That's the cowboy's favorite theme. And Abby was looking for a way to escape before he had time to get started when Callie came stomping back to the hall with a warm pair of gloves in him. Here. She said shortly, slapping him in Hank's house. I'll make sure he doesn't get holes in them. That's all there is. What am I? A nursemaid is spat out my gosh, Callie. All I do is babysit cows these days. Cat gave a hang about my feelings. He'd give me some decent work. <laughs> Maybe he'll set you digging post holes. The other one was just with mouths big. I'll tell him. What do you say? Yeah, no, he threatened, and I'll tell him what you did with that cherry cake he had his heart set on the other night. She sucked in a fresh book. You wouldn't die, he cried. Something rare, Frank. Yeah, tell him I like digging post holes, and I'll do it or bust. Bye, Abby Melly. He called over his shoulder as he stopped from the door. What did you do with Cat's cherry cake, Abby? That's what the sideboard's there. Callie cleared her throat and walked back to the door to get. I gave it to Jeb. Cat's not the only one who's partial to my cherry cake. Abby smelled a chuckle. She wandered into the den. With its bare wood floors, Indian rugs, and wood furniture, it was a far cry from the luxury of the living room. Melly looked up at Abby, came toward the desk where the computer and printer were still set on. I didn't want to. I didn't want to desert you last night, Sir Molly. Did you tell him? I had to. Abby met a person herself on the edge of the chair beside Molly. You know, Cad, when he sets his mind on something, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. He didn't even say I told you so. I didn't expect him to. You underestimate him sometimes, I think. Molly looks more. There's a brown spot on the carpet in the living room. Abby looked at me. I was afraid of that, but he wouldn't hear me cleaning it up. She said he was holding the coffee cup when I told him. He crushed it. <laughs> Molly closed her eyes. I noticed his hands was bandaged this morning. I wondered why. 
said some things that made me think. Never crossed my opinion. He may not be a psychologist, but he's got a lot of common sense about things. Said I was giving the man who attacked me a hold over me by dwelling on it. Never considered it in that light, but I think he has a point. Melly smiled again. Maybe he ought to open an office. She said hopelessly, I have a grin back. Maybe he ought to. She studied her sister closely for a minute as he had bent over the computer keyboard while she typed in a code and glanced up at the screen. The abbreviations were Greek to Abby, but they seemed to make sense to Melly. What are you doing? Herd records. We're getting ready to call cattle, you know. Any cows that don't come up to par are going to be sold off, especially if they aren't producing enough calves, or if the ones they're producing aren't good enough, or if they're old. Slavery! Every burst out horrible! Billy Lapman. Yes, Cat was telling me what he thought about bills, smothered in onions. That's really horrible, she said. Poor little thing, all cold and half frozen, and his mama turned back on it. Cat talks about eating it. Life goes on, darling. In a cattle ranch, is no place for cinnamon. I can't just see you owning one. You make pets of all the cattle and become a vegetarian. Hmm. Abby said, frowning Holly. I wonder if Cad's ever thought of that. I don't know, came the music line. But if I were you, I'd wait till way after Roundup to ask him. Abby laughed. You may have a point. Millie murmured something, but her mind went quickly back to the computer and work. Abby, curious, asked questions, and Melly told her about the computer network between Cad's ranches and the capacity of the computer for storing information about the cattle. There was even a video cassette set up so that Cad could say, sell cattle to people who had never been to the ranch to see them. They could buy from the tape. He could buy the same way by watching film of a bull he was interested in, for example. It was a far cry from the old days of ranching when ranchers kept riding written records and went crazy trying to keep up with thousands of head of cattle. Abby was fascinated by the computer and the rapid <laughs> rapidity of its operation, but after a few minutes the phone started ringing and didn't stop and Abby wandered off to watch the snow. Isn't Cat going to come in and eat? Melly asked as Kelly at a platter of ham and bread and condiments on the table, along with a platter of homemade french fries. Nope, the other woman said. Said to pack him a sandwich and a thermos of coffee and he'll run up to the house to get it. <laughs> she nodded to her sack and a thermos on the buffet. Is he coming right up? Abby asked. Give me minutes. I'll carry it out. Abby volunteered and grabbed him up. Hurried toward the front door. She only paused long enough to tug on. Call she was in her thick cloth coat and rushed out onto the porch. As he had a pickup, skid up to the front of the house and stopped. Chad was sitting in the cab when she crunched her way through the blowing snow to the truck. He threw open the basket. Thanks, honey, he said, taking the sack and thermos from her, placing them on the set. She was like, get in out of the snow. She started to close the truck door, but you're not in here, he cried with me. Something about the way he said it made her pulse pound, and she shook herself mentally. She was reading things into his deep voice. That was all. Hank said you were turning the air blue. Is this new sun snow your fault? Abby asked him with humor in her pale brown eyes. He returned a smile, and there was a light in his eyes. She had no I reckon, he murmured, watching the collar come and go in her place. Feeling better this morning? Yes, thank you, she said softly. He reached out a big hand and held it, palm up. She hesitated for an instant before she reached out her own cold, slender hand, put it gingerly into his. The hard fingers closed softly around it and squeezed. This is how it's going to be from now on, he said, his voice deep and quiet. The two of them isolated in the cool cab while feathering snow fell onto the windshield. The hood of the lantern, I'll ask, I won't take. 
She looked into his eyes and felt for a second the old magic of electricity between them. That goes against the grain, I bet, she said. I'm used to taking you, but, but I can get used to asking, I suppose. How about you? She looked down at his big hand, swallowing hers, like the warmth and strength of it, even while something in the back of her mind rubbled up his strength. I don't know, she said honestly. What frightens you most, he asked. Your strength, she said without taking time to think. And her eyes came up to his. He nodded. <sighs> Not by a flicker of an eyelash, she said he portrayed an emotion beyond curiosity. If I let you make all the moves, he asked quietly. If I let you come closer, touch your hold instead of moving in on you. The thought fascinated her. That showed in her unblinking gaze and the slights of the red. Therapy cat? She has a soft, steady tone. Whatever name you want to call it. He opened his hand so that she could leave hers there and move it. Ash whiz. It was more than a gesture. It was a statement. She smiled slowly. Such power might go to my head, she said with a tentative laugh. Suppose I decided to have my way with you. She had it fun and that she could treat the matter lightly for the moment. He cocked an eyebrow and looked stern. Don't start getting any ideas about me. I'm not easy. None of you wild city women are going to come out here and lure me into any haystacks. She let her fingers grow in his and hold them. It's a long shot, she said after a minute. My grandfather won this ranch in a poker game in Cheyenne. He remarked, I guess it's in my blood to take long shots. <laughs> Want to interfere with your private life? She had an open her question one sound as if she was fishing. He studied her closely for a moment. Before he was like, I thought you knew that I don't have affairs. She almost jumped out of the quiet intensity of his eyes. I never really thought about it, she lied. I've had women, he said, but nothing permanent, nothing lasting. There's no private life for you to interfere with. <laughs> she was suddenly fiercely glad of that, although she didn't know how to tell him. It's not going to be very easy, she confessed shyly. I've never been forward, even before this happened. I know, he remembered smiling down at her. I could sit here and look at you all day, he said after a minute. But it wouldn't get the work done, he added ruefully. I could come and help you, she volunteered, wanted at her sudden reluctance to leave him. It's too cold, honey, he said, his eyes wandering over her soft lips. You like kissing me? Her heart jumped. She felt a new kind of excitement at the thought of it. I thought you weren't easy, she challenged as she stood hesitantly toward him. Surprise registered in his eyes, but only for a second. Well, only with some girls, he corrected, smiling. Come on, hurry up. I've got calves to deliver. Young Dr. McLaurin, she murmured, looking up at him from close range, seeing new lines in his face, fatiguing his dark eyes. There were a few silver hairs over his temple as she touched them with something. You're going great, Chad. I got those because of you. When you were in your early teens, he reminded me, hanging off saddles, trying to do trip riding, falling into the rapids out of rickety canoe, flying over fences, trying to ride Donovan's Bronx. My guy, you were a handful. Well, Melly and I didn't have a mama, she soon reminded him. Dad was in poor health from the time we got in grammar school on. If it hadn't been for you and Kalia, the cowboys, I guess Melly and I wouldn't have made it. Stop that, he cried. Don't make me out of being an old man. I'm just 14 years older than you, and I never did feel like a relative. She put her fingers against his warm lips and felt their involuntary person with a tingle of satisfaction. I didn't mean it that way. 
She looked into his dark eyes with a thrill of pure pleasure. Can I really kiss you? His chest seemed to rise and fall with unusual rapidity. Rapidity. His nostrils flared under everyone. Do you want to? I I want to. She reached around his neck to pull his dark head down to hers, letting her fingers savor the thick coolness of his hair. Her eyes fell to his hard lips, and she noticed that they didn't part when hers touched them, as if he were keeping himself on a tight rein to prevent the kiss from becoming intimate. She liked the warmth of his mouth under hers. She liked the faint rasp of his cheek where her nose rubbed against it as she pressed harder against his lips. His breath was even harder now, but he wasn't moving a muscle. With a quiet, trusting sigh, she eased away from him and looked up. His face was rigid, his eyes blazing back now. Okay? She asked uncertainly, needing reassurance. Faith smiled, softening his breath. Okay. She frowned slightly, sudden as if you kept your mouth closed, though, she said afterward. I don't think we need to go that far that fast, baby, he said quietly. He moved away from her, his hand going to the ignition to start the truck and let it out. It's like learning to walk. You have to do it one step at a time. That was a nice step, she told him. I thought so myself. He raised his chin and his eyes were all arrogant. Are you going to need an engraved invitation every time from now on? I guess I could sneak up on your... Glad side, she confessed with him, or drag you off into dark corners. Maybe if I watch Melly and Jerry, I'll get some new ideas. He said he pushed her into a hay song, fell on her, burst out laughing, and she found that she could laugh too. Far cry from her first reaction when Melly had confessed. That sounds like Jerry, he said after a minute, his eyes searching her. Is what I'd have done once. <laughs> the smile faded, and she felt a deep sadness for what might have been if she hadn't been so crazy. Go to New York and break into model in a haystall. She teased that for anywhere as long as it was with you, and I could feel you, all of you, under my body. She turned away from the hunger in his eyes with a tiny little sound, and he hit the steering wheel with his hand and started stared blindly out of the windshield, cursing under his breath. I'm sorry, he grunted. That was a damn stupid thing to say. <laughs> Don't handle me with kids' gloves, she said, looking back. Melly was right, and so were you. I can't run away from the memory of the attack, and I can't run away from life. I'm going to have to learn to deal with relationships. Physical relationships arise, my friend. Help me. I've already told you that I will. She studied the worn mat on the floorboard. And don't get angry when I react. Predictably. Like just now, he asked, and the managed to smile. She nodded, smiling. Like just now. Her eyes searched his, looking for her. It frightens me still. The... The weight of a man's body, she whispered shakily and only realized much later that she confessed that to no one else. In that case, he said to me, I'll have to let you push me down in the hay, won't I? Tears missing her eyes. No cat. Will you get out of my truck? He asked pleasantly, preventing her, probably intentionally, from sh showing any gratitude. I think I did mention about a half an hour ago that I was in a flaming hurry. Some hurry, she scoffed. If you really are in a hurry, she had a nod toward the snow. You'd walk. That's an idea, but I left my show shoes in the attic out. Go get Melly to show you how to work the computer. You do realize that somebody's gonna have to do her job while she's on her honeymoon. But me, cat, I don't know anything about computers. What a great time for you to learn. He advised, searched her flushed face, seeing a new purpose in it, slacking of fear, and he nodded. I'll rush off to New York after the wedding. Stay with me. I'd like to stay with you, 
She said in a soft, gentle tone as she looked into his dark eyes, held her gaze for a long, warm moment where he heard his eyes to the ground. Now I'm going, he said from either you skedaddle or you come with me. I'd like to come with you, she said with a sigh, but I'd just get in the way, wouldn't I? Sure, he said with a flash of white teeth in his eyes. You want to come, really, because I'm going to let you, and the hell with getting in the way if you say yes. She took a deep soap breath of track. Better not, I suppose, she said regretfully. Melly's wedding dress. I have to get started. Okay, how about fabric? Kelly had bought it for me. It's just a matter of deciding what to use. <laughs> she told don't get sick, okay? <laughs> Why? Afraid you'll have to nurse me? I'd stay up all night for weeks if you needed me. Don't be silly. She tried reaching for the door. Tell Kelly and not to keep supper, honey. It's going to be a, another long night. She nodded as she had the daughter. Want me to bring your supper down to you? Yeah. On your snowshoes, better not. It's damn cold out here. I'll have a bite later. See ya. See ya. She closed the door and watched him drive away with wistful eyes. She already regretted not going with him, but she didn't wait around to wonder why. At night, she and Millie chose the fabric from the yards and yards of it that Callia had tucked away in the cedar chest. Isn't it strange that I'm getting married first? Millie has to study about it. I always thought it would be you. Me and who? Abby like cat, of course. Abby got her breath. He never felt that way. Oh, you poor blind thing, Melly said tall. He used to watch you like a man watching a rainbow. Sometimes his hands would tremble when he was hoping you onto a horse or opening a door for you. And he never even noticed, did you? Abby's pale brown eyes wide open. Cat? Cat? Melly sat back in her chair and said, He was head over heels about you when you left here. You roared around for two weeks after you were gone, making the men nervous, driving the rest of us up walls. He sat by the fire at night, just staring straight ahead. I've never seen a man grieve like that over a woman. And you didn't even know? Abby's eyes closed in pain. If she'd known that, career or no career, she would have come running back to Montana on her bare feet if she had to. I don't... I didn't have any idea. If I'd known that, I never would have left here. Never! She burst out. Melly caught her breath. The passion that played in her sister. You loved him. Deathlessly, her clothes eyes and nobody could me. I'll die loving him. And he, she took his study brothers. Four years. Four long years and a nightmare at the end of it. And if I'd stayed here, why didn't he tell me? I suppose he thought he was doing the best thing for you, Melly said again. You were so excited about a career modeling. I thought at the time that it would be better to better to moon over cat at a distance instead of going to seed while I was waiting in vain for him to notice me here. Every said moonlight again. Darmelis, just never you mind. Let's go over this pattern. He still cares about you, Mama, in a different way, though. That could change, came the soft reply. If you wanted to. Only Cat didn't have such a soft spot for stray things. Abby said her eyes before. I never knew. I never know what he really feels. I never have. He was sorry for me when I was a kid. And in a way, he still is. I don't want a man who pities me, Melly. How do you know that Cat does? You're a lovely woman. A woman with a very big problem, I remember. And Cat goes out of his way to help people. You know that. We got back. We go back a long way, and he's fond of me. How can I be sure that what he feels isn't just compassion, Melly? Give it time and find out. That, she said with a sigh, is sage advice. By the way, you're going to have to teach me how to do your job, because he's already maneuvered me into replacing you while you're on your honeymoon. Oh, 
know he has, has he? Really, Mr. Lim? And Ross laughed. That isn't something he'd do if he really felt sorry for you. She <laughs> assured his sister. Now cut that out. Here, tell me if you like the dress better with a long train or a short one. And for the rest of the night, they concentrated on the wedding gown. End of chapter 7.